For the past three years, the Breaking Sales Podcast has explored how sales professionals and leaders can develop a high performance mindset. Now we're looking back at the most poignant moments to create the best of series, where we feature curated segments to help you approach your sales conversations and prospecting with more intentionality. In this episode, we will take a look at several clips focused on why it's so important, but often so difficult to stop focusing on what you want out of the conversation and to start focusing on what's best for the other person, your prospect or your client. Asking thoughtful, honest questions is essential to building relationships. In this clip, I share an experience I had with a client where asking critical questions made me realize that my assumptions of what mattered to them were actually incorrect and how understanding this may have saved the relationship. To hear the full episode, scroll back to episode 34, Don't Make Assumptions, Ask Questions. Let's talk about an experience I had recently actually with a prospect during a conversation. Okay. It was at the end of the conversation, and obviously, like we all do, I had page of notes. I had circled a couple things that appeared to be relevant, and we were winding down the conversation. And so I could tell the prospect wanted to continue to explore. In fact, they had, they had asked me, what's our next step? Before I answered, though, I just wanted to make sure I understood what the prospect was thinking. I didn't want to assume. So I asked the prospect, I just said, all right, we've talked about quite a bit today. Can you share a little bit? What resonated? What's on your mind? What makes you think exploring makes sense? And ironically, what the prospect shared, there was nothing on it in my notes. We hadn't talked about it at all. And so what the prospect did share in this particular instance is how our mindset methodology and approach fits their culture. But then he went into how their leadership has changed, which never came up in our first conversation, and how culture was going to be a big driving force in our next three to five year business planning, and that they wanted sales and marketing and everything to really follow along with this particular cultural direction. And none of that ever came up in our first meeting. I had no notes on it, no questions, no nothing. And I I sit back and I think, you know, I don't know how powerful that'll play out, but I know that's an important learning that I never would have been able to experience if I just didn't slow down at the end of the meeting and ask them, hey, you know, what resonated today? What's on your mind? I think that goes back to one of our previous episodes about not making assumptions, right? You can't make assumptions, good or bad, if you had made the assumption that they really appreciated, you know, the three things that you had circled and you didn't slow down to ask that question, you would have missed out on a lot of learning. Absolutely. Now, I don't know how this is all going to play out, but I do know I advanced or deepened my learning which is going to put me in a position to ask more questions and better help this prospect objectively debate, does coaching and training make sense? Is it a fit? Is it something worth investing in or not? And I do like the way you connected the assumption piece 
it's a great reminder. We have to be careful as sales professionals not to get into our own patterns and our own mental template and routines. And we have to avoid making assumptions at every aspect of our interactions and conversations with our prospects. Being in the moment means that you're not dwelling on the past nor anticipating the future. It's a conversational gift that sounds so common, but yet uncommon. In this clip, we discuss how being present changes everything about how you listen and what you ask. To hear the full episode, scroll back to episode 46, The Power of Being in the Moment. I do think being in the moment is one of the hardest things for any of us to do. I think a great way to look at being in the moment is number one, let go of outcomes and let go of what can happen in the future or your agenda or your expectations. Because once you have an agenda, you're going to follow the agenda. Stop worrying about the outcome of the conversation. Stop worrying about the personal connection that you make with somebody. Stop worrying about what's going to happen. Because when you start thinking about what's going to happen, your head now goes to the future and then you get this fear factor in what if it doesn't happen or what do you do or need to do to make it happen. So number one definition being in the moment, you got to learn to detach from the future. Number two, you have to think about letting go of the past. You can't be worried about what's happened prior, what's happened before, or what the lessons were learned, or what if this happens again, or the things that you screwed up last time. You cannot worry about that. You just got to be in the moment with the individual. And a good way to know that you're in the moment, it's when you're talking to the prospect, a friend, a family member, or whomever it might be, and you're not critiquing or judging what you're observing or what you're hearing and you're truly listening for the sake of listening and learning. You're not listening to talk about what you want to talk about. You're listening just to truly understand what that person has to say. I think we see this in many different ways in business. One, we've all been on a Zoom meeting where the other person is not an active participant. You can tell. Either you see in the reflection of their glasses, another screen toggling back and forth in front of them. They're not looking at the camera. They're not engaged. And then also in sales conversations, a lot of times we listen to respond instead of listening to understand. I think you nailed that. Let's talk about what does it mean to be in the moment? What does it affect? And then how do you create a process for yourself to get you more back in the moment when you need to be? So impact of being in the moment. Number one, affects listening. Number two, it affects the questions that we ask. Number three, it affects what we learn. All three of those things, listening, questions, and learning, impact number four, which is the thinking and the perspective of the prospect, which is the most important. So listening, let's talk about that first. If you're in the moment, you're not listening to speak. If you're truly in the moment, you're listening to understand. Let's give an example. Prospect says to you, 
We've tried something like that before. It didn't work. If you're listening so that you can determine what's the best path to try to get your prospect to see your value and get you a second meeting, how are you going to interpret that when the prospect says, we've tried something like that before? Yeah, but this is different. And what are you going to do as a sales professional? Try to pitch and prove why we're different. You're going to double down on something. Yeah, this is to... totally unlike the last time that didn't work out. Yeah. Oh, by the way, when you do that and when you double down on your value proposition or you double down on trying to come up with another different creative way to position your solution, how's that prospect respond? With more resistance. If you're in the moment, though, and you hear we've tried something like that before, you're going to ask questions. Yeah. What did you try? Tell me more about that. Because you heard them. You're not judging and critiquing the prospect's commentary as good or bad. You're neutral because you're in the moment. If I were judging, I'd say, oh, they've tried this. It didn't work. Shoot, that, that's not good. And then you get frustrated and you feel disappointment and you start to scramble in your head like, okay, what do I say next? What do I ask next? Is there a different path I could take them down? Oh no, let me ask this question. Maybe this will help. Yeah. What's my Hail Mary? Yeah. You're Hail Mary. You're scrambling. We've all been there and you don't feel good inside either. No, it feels like it's slipping away. Yeah. Your tension rises. You're totally out of your game. But if you're in the moment, you're going to ask questions. All right. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Can you share what you guys tried? How'd it go? What do you think worked about it? What didn't? What would you do different right now? There could be another 10 questions you can ask. But when you're not in the moment, you're not going to ask anything. When we notice that a prospect may be making a decision that may be detrimental to them, is it our responsibility as sales professionals or advisors to speak up, even if it doesn't benefit our goals? The mindset of benevolence slash high intent would say yes. In this clip, I sit down with Steven Shedletsky, author of the book, Speak Up Culture. Steven and I discuss how his work intersects with the sales world and even provides a real life example of how he has used benevolence in his business to become a trusted advisor and how to build those long-term relationships. To hear the full episode, scroll back to episode 116, Empower Yourself and Speak Up with Steven Shedletsky. Sales professionals, whether it's management consulting, um, whether it's individuals with um, lots of expertise, complex sales, um, right? Long sales cycles, you know, things like that. Business services, some intangibles. The prospect doesn't, and they're not always right. And so what we try to teach is a mindset and a strategy for sales professionals to speak up when the prospect isn't always right. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that sounds like foreign language to many. Yeah. I'd probably say if I took a, if I took a poll of a hundred sales professionals right now, I'd, somewhere around five to 10 would grasp that concept and say, yes, I actually have a responsibility to speak up. If I feel like this prospect or client is going to make a decision that may not be right for them. Mm -hmm. The majority can't do it. And they, they get stuck. They get stuck in the friend zone, right? They get stuck 
in, in the, the, the bond that human beings make, we connect with one another and they say, well, I don't want to mess that up or I don't want to piss somebody off or what if I upset them? And they put so much um, value on that part of the relationship. They end up sacrificing the other part of the relationship, was, which is that trusted advisor. Yep. My gut is there's got to be some complexities like that, right? Leadership too, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of one instance I just had because, you know, I'm also a sales professional. <laughs> you know, I sell uh, keynotes and workshops and coaching and online products and digital courses and all these things. And I sell and I market both in the materials we make on our website and for social media and send out to folks in the conversations that I that I have. You know, I made a very conscious effort, Dan, early in my career when I figured out I really care about this thing called leadership and culture and, and, and teams and organizations working at, at their best. And I made a conscious choice in like my mid-20s to be like, I'm not going to go get an MBA. I'm just going to focus on doing this. And if I do this in my mid-20s for five, 10 years, and I do it with the right intent, and I do it well, and I do it with ethics and integrity intact and get feedback on that, give me some time and I'll be known in this industry or have a brand as, hey, I'll give Stephen a call, I'll give Shed a call. And this just happened to me yesterday. I received a LinkedIn message from someone that I haven't spoken with since 2010 or 11. So literally over 10 years. I knew him growing up never knew him well, thought of him really well. He's highly successful. He's my perfect um, uh, uh, candidate. He, he, he's self-aware. He's humble. He knows what he doesn't know, at least enough. Um, and he reached out to me saying, hey, I got this event coming up with my management team. It's a team of five. We want to work on team leadership culture. We've been doing the EOS implementation stuff. It's been going well. We're looking to level up and really focus on who we are as human beings and, and leaders. And it's not my, my forte, but I know it's yours. Can we talk? Right? And I had a conversation with a guy. Turns out their budget, eh, not quite where I typically hang out because I don't work in the volume business. I do more in intense depth than, you know, give me 10 clients and let me work with them, you know, on retainer for a day a month type of thing. I'm, it's a different model for me. Um, and I had this great conversation with this, with this guy. And as it turns out, I may not be the right fit for this one event or intervention. I think it could go well, but it's too short timeline. I don't think they have the have the have the budget. And so um here's what I did. I told him exactly what I would do if I got the gig and said, feel free to use this process with someone else if you hire somebody else. I came up with a friend who's local to where they're hosting their event, and a friend that I know either lived there or had just moved but is close by, who I think would be great. Um, and I kept the door open either for this event or for future coaching or consulting or speaking or workshop. And it felt great. I didn't sell to him. I didn't push him. I just shared openly, honestly, offered as much value as I could. And then I divorced myself from the thing I couldn't control, which was what he chooses. All I could control is how am I going to show up and how at the end of this do I feel good? He was appreciative. He's like, hey, I don't think it's right for you and us now, but 
something later. So delighted that we've reconnected. I've become a trusted advisor in that context. I've told him he's my ideal client because he's self-aware and humble. You know, did I make a transaction in the short term? Probably not. Did I connect him with a friend? Could, could I do well for the friend and for him? Maybe, you know, he now knows about my, my book, you know? So for, for me, it's just a, how can I do right in this one instance and feel good about it and know that loyalty is a feeling based upon behavior. And maybe I just uh, created uh, a loyal advocate of me and my work without making a transaction in the short term. Yeah. That's a great example of benevolence. Thanks. And most of the audience, if I'll remind our, our listeners, benevolence is that number one trust factor. You know, people only care about competency when they know that you're benevolent. Mm-hmm. Totally. Thank you for listening to the best of low intent versus high intent. The conversational difference between focusing on others versus ourselves. For more information on achieving a high-performance mindset by avoiding low-intent tactics and approaches while embracing benevolence, listen to these full episodes and look out for future best-of episodes.